Welcome to the July 18th edition, a return to our home of the PFF forecast. Got a great show for you today. Um, we're going to do a couple of things. We actually had some, we had a delay in here. So you and I were just chopping it up and we got on the conversation of um, if we had to make one Super Bowl bet, who to be? So we're going to talk about that at the top. Um, we're going to do some coverage versus pass rush today because we're gearing up for a draft, the defensive player draft to happen this Wednesday. We're going to do a couple of props that um, we like because we got to feed the people and then recommendations to close it out. Let's rock. Buddy, it's good to see you, man. Speaking of feeding the people, that Brooke Lopez moderately low rebound prop hit again last night. Oh, is that what you've been rolling with? I mean, like, if they gave me four and a half, I'm just going to bet was the big Was that what it was? Yes. You're not going to, you, you're feeding yourself. You're not feeding me. <laughs> the big guy. I'm over here You only starving. got five. You had none in the first quarter. You had four in the second quarter. And you had, like, one random one in the fourth quarter. I got to five. He, he It's been low. Like, I guess he's he's a drifter, though, right? Like, if, if, uh, who was the commentator commenter that said to told Chris Webber to get his ass under the basket once he became a floater? That that's Brooke Lopez. But I feel like it's it's actually was like that Bill Walton, by the way. It, no, Walton was like high on LSD. Was, he was the best. <laughs> Bill like, Walton in the booth was amazing. <laughs> um, the uh, so you bet on Brooke Lopez rebound prop. I bet on my sons, our sons. I haven't not bet on the Suns in forever. Uh, and, of course, the Suns get out to that huge lead. Did I'm you at least there. buy back? So I'm sitting there. I'm going, okay, the Bucks are like 6-1 to one right now. I'm like, ah, I couldn't do it. I, so I didn't do it. Of course, the Suns come back. Luckily, or the Bucks come back. Luckily, the Suns at one point live were um, plus 6.5. I got and that too. So I yeah. bought a lot of that. And so that, that saved me a little that bit. That was helpful at the end. With, it got close because I have some Bucks to win the series. And so, like, you know, you're kind of rooting on – then yeah. it landed really well. Giannis, of course. Anybody – so yesterday on DraftKings, they had, like, a pro, a booster to, like uh, – Giannis is over was, like, plus 150. And our intern, Zach uh brilliant intern, was, like – he's been betting these, like, all summer. And he was, like – Giannis is, like, 4 for 11 for the free throw line, 0 for 3 in the, in the last, like, minute. And he's, like, this is the worst beat I've ever had. I wonder if DraftKings pays it out because I do know – they had a double-double prop on him back a couple weeks ago, and when he got injured, they paid it. So maybe they'll maybe they'll feel bad for the people. Um, but, yeah, that I was – that. The, I, I have similar remorse, and I, I tweeted about this. No one cares. But, like, our guys, FC Cincinnati, a soccer team, were up 4-2 in, like, with, like, you know, 45 minutes into the game or something like that. And I was like, there's no way they win this game. And I was too lazy to go and bet – the other side, which in a soccer game, three goals is like a lot. A lot. Yeah. Of course, they blow it in a way that would only that only like the Falcons or Chargers. Could, By the way, I saw you surmise. I saw you tweet about FC Cincinnati and just moved on with my day. Somehow. Well, I told you I was, I've been <laughs> sick for for most of the end of the week, so I might have been high on Nike. Still, still sick. Yeah, there are the odds have changed a little bit. I think Kansas City did they open like plus three fifty. No, no, they were they were five and then five fifty and then five again. Okay, so the, five. there is there is a transition that's being made at DraftKings from Camby, who was their odds provider, 
they are transitioning more to an in-house approach mm. to so there are some numbers that have changed a lot of win totals so like randomly right before our sale last week they changed a lot of them um and that's the reason I, it's not that like the market's moving a ton it's that they are transitioning into doing more like what circa does which mm. is like Set making their, their own lines. setting their own and not having to pay um so the, the lines uh yeah. right now at draftkings dot uh, sportsbook uh chiefs are five to one the bucks are six to one the bills are 11 to one the rams are 13 to one the ravens and the niners are 14 to one the browns 16 to one the packers 20 to one the seahawks and the saints 25 to one titans and colts 28 to one chargers are 30 to one uh along with the cowboys the dolphins and the patriots both uh and 30, denver, 30, and 35, denver 35, 35 to one our steelers uh cardinals and my washington football team are 40 to one Vikings 50 to 1, the Bears are 60 to 1, the Giants are 80 to 1, the Falcons are 80 to 1, the Panthers are 80 to 1, the Raiders are 80 to 1, <laughs> and that's where we'll stop. That's reading. where we'll stop because no one after that has no a chance. One, no one is, is uh, reading you can, anything after that. Uh, you know, cold takes By the way, yeah. By the way, before, so I'll, I'll let you go first. If you are looking for results from our simulations, you can go to pff.com. Right now, sale 40 is the promo code, gets you 40% off. And with an Edge subscription, you can read all that content where we talk about best bets from every, yeah. you and Ben Brown wrote it up, best bets in every single division, what the simulations say, our win totals tracker, all that stuff. So you can stay up to date on that. Um, but also 40% off, like you should take advantage of that and get the props tool with an elite yeah. subscription. Uh, I cannot wait to feast all year. Yeah, I We got to talk more about college props. You told me about this, uh, that, that those are like gonna become more widely available, I'm mm -hmm. excited. I can't wait. I, I honestly, I think um, college DFS, college props, those kind of things I think are gonna have a good year this year. The The interesting thing is that makes them a little quirky is that they're not available in every state. So yeah. for example, you can't play college DFS, for example, in Ohio, um, weirdly. But nonetheless, yeah, I mean, looking at this, I have one bet. I have one bet and I and one shot, one opportunity. I don't think I can go with any team that's less than 20 to 1. I just don't think there's good value there. I think Kansas City like will be the favorite for the Super Bowl like every year for like a decade. Like at this point the ship has sailed there. Buy them on uh, symbol if you want to. Um It's a good one. Okay, here's one. By the way, I have two that okay. I'm like oscillating between. Uh-huh. And it's tough. This is tough. I, I think this team has a lot of flaws, more flaws than they had last year. Um, there's obviously the disc. Ugh, I'm not going to go with Green Bay. I wanted to go Green Bay, but I'm not going to do it. Sorry. I'm going to th – this is this – is, uh, man, this is tough. All right, I'm going Seattle 25 to 1. <laughs> Comes back, says I will not bet anything that's greater than 20 to 1. No, no, I said, I said uh, less. So, oh. like, I'm not taking – like, the Bills at 11 to 1 are not a good value. They're, the Bills are that good. But, like, yeah. 11 to 1, you're paying a premium for them. I agree. The Rams are not good enough to be 13 to 1. Mm -hmm. The Ravens – the Ra the Niners are not good enough to be 14 to 1. Yep. I, Browns, I mean, we're, we're extrapolating one half of one good season for Baker Absolutely. Mayfield. Uh, Packers have the disc I, – I like the Packers at 20 to 1, but – I, I do like the Packers too. Okay. The Packers were mine. Yeah. I was debating between two teams. Since you have expounded upon the Packers at 20 to 1, I will say just this. So 20 to 1, um, break even there is about just less than 5%. Um, this is a Aaron Rodgers play, right? So the market is hedging that Aaron Rodgers might not be a Packer or might not play the whole season for the Packers and what that does to them. 
our simulations have Aaron Rodgers playing, which I believe may not be a stone cold lock, but I'm very much in the Aaron Rodgers is playing quarterback. In the Good the Judgment Packers. Project, uh, which is run by Penn and um, the Wisdom of the Crowds people, they're, they currently have a 1% chance that Rodgers signs with another team, which I, I, I think that's a little low, but just to give you a little bit of an idea. I, I would agree there. So our simulations have Green Bay winning the Super Bowl over 10% of the time, just over 10% of the time. And I agree with that. Here, it's not hard to get to that place. You've talked a lot about Matt LaFleur and what he's done with that offense. To think that Aaron Rodgers would come back and then just like not be great, I think is absurd as well. He's got so many players there that he cares and, and wants to win with. It's about, ultimately it will be about winning with his teammates, his coach, who I believe he still loves. And the fans like, they're going to rally around him. So I, I I really like that, right? I think that's a great value. Let me tell you, can you guess who my second team was? Um, The Chicago Bears. My guy. Yeah, I, I love the Bears at 60 to 1. I bet them at 50 to 1. I bet them at 60 to 1. They're now 4 to 1. They're still 4 to 1 to win that division. Yeah. I, I think the hard part with the Bears is, is – there they got weaker in some important places. They got weaker at corner with yeah. uh, Fuller leaving. Um, at linebacker, I still think they're going to be like linebacker. Like their front seven is going to play amazingly. Yeah. Um, but the but you look at this division that they're in, the Vikings front like the everybody likes the Vikings approach to the offensive line, and I agree. I think five years from now we'll all be happy at yeah. this idea of Wyatt Davis and Christian Darrisaw, but. Year one, replacing an established player like Reef with Derrishaw, I, I don't think it's going to be what Vikings fans think it's going to be. I think with Green Bay, you lose Corey Lindsley, one of the most valuable offensive linemen in the NFL. Um, you didn't even try to re-sign him, which is really tough. Mm -hmm. uh, Bakhtiari, there's a chance that he won't start the season healthy. That was the reason I relented on Green Bay initially. I'm thinking you lose that. A lot of the things that were great for you a season ago were unstable things like corner and safety of Alexander and Amos. Sure. And then – Here's my take on Rodgers. Rodgers, this is why I like this as a long shot. I'm never going to bet Rodgers' team to to win this division right now. I think at minus 125, it, it is it could get bad, and and I could it, it could even get bad with Rodgers in there. And here's why: like 2018, 2019, Rodgers was not a great quarterback. He was a very good quarterback, mm -hmm. but he was not the elite player he was last season ago. Sure. And we're all sort of handicapping that as as a okay, return to glory a return to glory sure. as opposed to i think an a, a smart thing to do would be to average the last three years and say he comes out of the wash as a the fifth best quarterback in the nfl possibly and if that's the case are they i need nagler i need nagler here. yeah i could because i look at the, I think that's the division unfair. and i look at the division and think it sucks so i could totally see them doing okay yes but okay but i don't know if rogers is exactly is is going to repeat last year i think it's almost impossible So, uh, repeat as an MVP, I think that's going to be very hard. Repeat in terms of the numbers he had, I agree with you. But I actually, I'm going to I'm gonna take the other side of Bakhtiari not starting the season healthy and go, I don't care if he starts the season healthy. In fact, I actually don't care if Rodgers starts the season either. <laughs> yeah. Go on, because of what you just said. The division isn't very good. Yeah. I want those guys in great shape at the end of the season and I would say this about Aaron Rodgers I think last year 
we talked about this with with Nagler on multiple podcasts. He, he, it seemed that what he found was playing in rhythm was something that was core to his game. And I that to me is something that is will yeah. transition well from season to season. Well, and I would say this, the only thing that I could see is actually more players other than Devontae Adams finding a role yeah. within that rhythm that you go, oh, wow, this offense can be more multiple. Because to me, that was the huge issue for them in that game against Tampa Bay. And remember that game against Tampa Bay. That was a disaster of a game from a coaching perspective and from like a blunder perspective, right? Obviously, everyone remembers the kick the field goal at the end of the game. But remember at halftime, right before the half? Yeah. I mean, no, that was I mean, Kevin King blunder. Like Aaron Rodgers played as well, if not better, and he graded better than Brady in that game. Um, people will forget that, of course. I am all in on Aaron Rodgers being able to, maybe not in the same way that it was great, but be just as good as he was. I'm gonna, last I'm gonna promote something that one of our interns, Zach, which I mentioned earlier, you've already talked about, this wrote guy. about this. Yeah. But um, he, it, this is, this is from last week Monday. Uh, time sense pressure in the Simpsons paradox yeah, of evasive good. quarterbacks. The, this is Rodgers to a T, right? Because he talks about Russell Wilson in this, which is to say. Wilson is amazing without pressure, and he's amazing if when pressured. But the comp- it's the David Justice, Derek Jeter thing. Yep. The composition of the two made it so that we're like we're sitting there being like, well, what the fuck's wrong with this team then? Like okay. if they can't they can't win. And I think that's like when you look at some of the majorly highlight plays of Rogers' career. It was. Prior to 2015, it was out of structure. You know, we had talked about Mahomes' arm, but I think Rogers' arm is one of the best in league history and and one of the best as far as off platform and stuff like that. And it was always like he could make those plays out of structure because he was dealing with, at at one time, he had Jennings, Driver, Jordy Nelson, uh, Jermichael Finley, James Jones, Randall Cobb. And so there's always somebody open. And then Devontae Adams was his number three receiver, the the second to last time he won the MVP. And you, as as he's gotten older and his target and his playmakers have become mainly one player, he's still amazing out of structure. But he was, I think, what he found out last year was I have to play more in structure. So I only save my brilliance for when it's necessary, and I don't go out of my way yes. to do that. And, and that and that to me. If, if that carries over and then they get some play out of Armani Rodgers from Clemson or somebody like they get some other secondary player to step up, I agree with you that they can be great. By the way, everyone should go read that article. I remember uh, proofreading it with Zach. You know, Zach sent it over to me. Um, and I really enjoy that type of analysis because it paints a very simple picture of how important it is to stay in a clean pocket yes. and like get rid of the football. And you can see things that are Herculean. But giving yourself more opportunities to be Herculean in those aspects yeah. is not necessarily good for your team. You only want to you only want to perform in bad circumstances when you have no other choice. Yes, you don't want to put yourself in bad circumstances, even if you're good at it. Because as he showed in the in the article, it's still negative EV to play with pressure. Like yes. you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't. It, it, you and, shouldn't wish it on yourself more yeah. than you have to. And it's interesting. Mahomes is one of those guys who has been able to avoid taking sacks at a high rate. You know, in those situations, I'm about to go about the Packers here. And one Excuse of those me. one of those reasons is that he's got those receivers that are always that are always there. Um, I was going to make one other point about the Packers, and I forget what it was. But Packers at twenty to one is the one I would bet. I'll give you so the Bears at sixty to one, 
And the reason I would say that is you've got you've got to have a quarterback who's amazing. And if you're thinking about a rookie who could come on the scene and be amazing in terms of the ability to run the ball and throw the ball, Justin Fields is that guy. But you know who else I was looking at? Were the Dallas Cowboys at 30 points. I almost said Dallas too. I mean, because Dallas has the high-end quarterback play that you, you can... said. You said Seattle. Like, I would rather bet the Cowboys with Dak Prescott at 30 to 1 than Seattle with Russell Wilson at 25 to 1. I have more faith in Dak Prescott than I do Russell Wilson. They also know, have more targets too. I mean, I, I know that's crazy to say for a lot of people, but what Dak Prescott has continued to show from a passing perspective is amazing. And and then there is a gauntlet that you have to go through in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. I think Wilson's better than Dak, but I don't think by enough to overcome. The problem I, I is... I think that gap changes, by the way, this year. I, I think Prescott... Pro- the problem is, and like this is... I, I think we're fans of... The, we were fans of the McCarthy move. I do think that they're... I do think McCarthy could go either way this year. I do think that they could be really good. Mm-hmm. And he and Kellen Moore do a terrific job and everything all this talk about him being the first coach fired looks silly at the end of the season but there's also this idea that i don't think the players ever like go grow sour on pete carroll right like Mm. for all of carroll's faults i think he does do a pretty good job of rally like he's not a good tactician but i think he is a good like a player's coach type of thing Mm -hmm. But when you're betting something that's right-tailed like this, you don't really care about the you know the glob in the middle, which is, you know, Carroll gets everybody to play really well and they win 12 games, and then the playoffs they self-destruct because they're chasing a different banner, which is we establish the run, you know, like mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I I I like. I mean, I think Wilson's underrated right now. I think Wilson has his head on straight about wanting to play efficient offense. Like, I think last year radicalized him a little bit, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, with Dak, you have the injury issues. You have, obviously... What injury issues? Dak? I mean, like, where he's going to re-break his leg. No, but, like, but you, you do see, like... I mean, it is going to be, like, a little bit of an adjustment, right? Agreed. That's why I'm betting Tampa Bay week one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> There's a difference. And, and Dallas th- has an easy schedule after, like, week three or and so. And it's all about where you're at at the end of the year, yeah. too, man. So... Um, Good call. This was a fun discussion. Let's do, um, by the way, I was just, actually, real quick, I was just looking at the quarterback annual, which you get for 40% off with sale 40. And it's what I would tell you to do if you're interested in looking at that Russ Dak comparison. Go look at their performance against the Blitz. I think that's very telling about Prescott. Go look at their sack rate. Go look at what they do against pressure and their sack rate there. Go read that article about um, time since pressured. I think it'll really open your eyes on some of that. Let's um, let's hit this coverage versus pass rush discussion. We're going to draft defensive players on mm-hmm. Wednesday. Um, we're, we're figuring out who we want to come in to draft with us because I think it would be more fun if we do that. We're going to talk coverage versus pass rush. Pass rush. Wow. Not that again. Uh, in just a second. But a few things to tell you about. We've mentioned it a few times. Save 40 sale. That's the promo code on PFF.com. You get 40% off any pff subscription so i've already mentioned a couple things here but with an edge subscription which will cost you as little as 5.99 a month with this promo code 
you will get obviously all the premium content at PFF unlocked for you. That includes win totals tracker, all the betting simulation content, all the props content, and it's about to get a lot better. We're bringing on some new people. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, plus the fantasy football draft guide, which we're going to talk about soon. We're going to do a fantasy pod um, in the near future. You get the rankings, projections, the whole shebang. The first edition of the 2022 NFL draft guide, which we're going to talk about a little bit later in this podcast. Um, and of course, with an elite subscription that is 40% off, you'll get all the betting content, all the betting tools, which are getting a nice refresh this year. There's going to be some cool stuff for you. I promise you, you will want to make sure you check those out. So go use promo code SAVE40 on PFF.com. Also, new to the uh, the sponsorship docket here is Fantrax. Fantrax NFL Fantasy Football League Manager. It's the most customizable, easy to use, and feature-rich platform. You know I love rich features uh, in the entire industry. And PFF is gearing up to play our leagues on Fantrax this season. We're going to do it, I promise. So choose one of um, the different features. Go dive in, take a look at them. Um, They've got trade uh, scenarios, multi-team trades that you can do, which is like banana land. You can't do that on Yahoo. I wish you could. Player salary and contract options. I remember having to try and like festoon those together because like you, a lot of the places that you play don't have those. And so you're like doing it in a Google sheet and all this shit. Um, it's awesome. So go check out fan tracks. Uh, I'm really excited. It answers a lot of things that I've been hoping um, to get in the, as a commissioner of a fantasy league that hates doing all that shit, but loves playing fantasy football. So go check it out. Um, at uh, fantracks.com slash PFF and get a chance to win an autographed jersey from your favorite player, Josh Allen. He's our favorite player. He's our guy. Uh, Last thing to tell you about Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L. Use promo code PFF there at symbol.app slash PFF. Deposit 10 bucks. Always good for you to remind me to look at how my accounts Yeah, I I need you to tell me. Um, And get a free year of PFF Edge with that $10 deposit. That's a redonkulous deal. Um, and you can go, you know, we talked about some teams that, uh, you might want to go buy some shares in who, uh, who have you bought recently? How's your portfolio? You got some Iowa Hawkeyes, um, some Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. We'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah, man. I can't wait for them to start playing games and getting that, those dividends to come in. Just start rolling on it. Yeah. You get paid dividends, uh, when your team wins and you can obviously trade them like stocks. So go check it out at S I M B U L dot app slash BFF. And now. Coverage versus pass rush. We've long talked about the importance of coverage over pass rush. And often we've drilled that down to individual players that play coverage being more valuable than individual uh, players that rush the passer. Um, where, How would you summarize your current thinking on that? Yeah, it, it, and, and this, is the, this is part of the whole, you know, distrust people who are like, you know, Trust somebody who's in search for the truth. Distrust somebody who thinks they have it. Like I think, our my my thought process now is that I think coverage units are more valuable than pass rush units. I think if you can't cover as a group, you're not going to be able to play defense well. If you can't pass rush, I think you can manufacture it. I don't think you can manufacture coverage very well because I think that the offense. Mm-hmm. Very much very well. the, the, the the offense can sort of work around that in in most cases, not all cases, of course, and like that's the that's the edge cases are where it's fun. Um, if I were picking players, though, I think this is where I come back and say the instability of coverage 
it, whether it's how we measure it or how you know folks at the Big Data Bowl measured it, sort of the same thing it, it ends up becoming. The instability of coverage makes it really tough for me to say if if I had to pick one player um, for, in the future, I wouldn't take, let's say, like an edge player. I don't think I'd take a linebacker. I don't think I'd take an interior player unless it was Aaron Donald. Um, J.J. Watt back in the day when he played interior, also very good. Um, but I probably would take an edge over a corner if I only had to take one player, which is different than what I've what I've almost always said. Which, and, and again, it's it's mostly because of the things we've learned. You know, having having an opinion, mm-hmm. seeing how it evolves over time, uh, getting new data. So we've done additional studies; they haven't been published yet. Um, lo- you know, looking at sort of how players play off the ball, how players you know, uh, uh, how players create and, and isolate space and all that kind of stuff. It, it's it, to me, I still think like we haven't found the greatest way to evaluate coverage. Mm-hmm. And as such, you know, we, we do a really good job evaluating pass rushers and yeah. their, and their goodness is pretty stable year to year. The, the whole, the whole thing has made me believe and this, you know, let's talk to Nagler again. The whole thing has made me believe, I think to a little bit that defense matters less than we think. Hmm. Like defense, defense is very much like the. What, what do you mean by that? Like, so, so Stephon Gilmore, for example. Yep. Like Stephon Gilmore is amazing, but his impact on the New England Patriots is probably parts him being awesome and parts them playing dog shit quarterbacks in the AFC East for years. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Uh, Xavier Howard last year had a, a tremendous year. The team played really well, mm-hmm. but it sure as hell helped to play Jared Goff, and it sure as hell helped to play. Hey, uh, he his best play of the entire season was on Mahomes. It was on Mahomes. Ma- it was Mahomes' yeah. worst game of the year for yeah. a lot of for much much of the time. Like, you, 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 so to me, whereas I think we've really done a good job of isolating and saying. So I, I tweeted out uh, Brian Burns had the same number of pressures as I think Cleo Mack did. Mm-hmm. Cleo Mack had a better grade because teams were getting the ball quick more quickly, and so like Brian Burns didn't have as many wins that didn't translate into pressures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like I think we're all mature enough to understand that that right, part, right. of course. And so we'll we'll say that even though this one statistic for Brian Burns was as good as it was for Cleo Mack, Cleo Mack was better last year. Brian Burns was still very 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 good. Mm-hmm. Khalil Mack was a little bit better. We that nuance, I think, is still a little bit. We're still a ways away from the nuance for coverage players, yes. and, and so when we see somebody like Xavier Howard have ten interceptions, I think our initial uh, guess is to be like, "Oh, he was extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to regress." Yeah. And and I don't know if we're quite good enough yet at saying. This is the signal. This is the noise, and this is how big they are. Right. We're we're we basically at this point really know that the noise component is big. Yeah. We just don't know how big. Okay. No, and and I think it's a really good point. And to for people that are new listening to this, where this comes from is basically to boil it down really really basically is okay. What's what's more predictive of winning football games? Being really good in the coverage space or being really good, um, you know, from a pass rush space? And coverage wins out, but that's as you said, units versus units, right? And w- one thing that's also important to think about is, you know, how do we measure coverage performance? And at PFF, we grade every single player on every single play. And for coverage players, we are really isolating on plays where they are targeted, right? And 
that is something that we're continually improving in our process, but it's not one that we've gotten to the point where we say, yeah, I feel that this is, while it might be the best measure of coverage performance, that it is doing the same level of measurement yeah. as it's doing for pass rushers. So here's where I'm at with it. And, and this was going to be a question. This was the question I was going to ask you. Do you think, so, so actually I should back up. Individual grade and individual performance for coverage players versus pass rushers are drastically different in stability. Coverage players see their performance as we measure it, oscillate tremendously from year to year. Pass rushers, we feel much better about what has happened in the past yeah. being what's happened in the future. But do you believe that that's actually the case with how coverage players are playing? In other words, we believe that Xavier Howard's performance as we measure it will regress next year. Maybe you agree that is the case for like Jalen Ramsey, let's say. Do you think that means they're actually playing worse? That's a great question. So you're basically asking, is is there some of this noise that's reducible, mm-hmm. right? Like, can you, it is, should we stop trying? The answer is no. Like, yeah. I think, you know, and we've done studies using, um, you know, there was the big data bowl. We had access to the tracking data. We've, uh, Timo Riske and I have, have worked I, you know, at this uh, for a while now. And the, you can, you can make metrics that are more stable. Um, they still don't. So, so here, here's the here's the harmful thing, like not the harmful thing, but the the uh, disheartening thing. If you want to measure coverage better, you can get a stability boost on coverage by using the tracking data, by using other forms of data. Even like we're starting to chart off the ball stuff now. Uh, you know, I think inspired by a lot of this, you're going to get gains there. You can also get gains on pass rusher ability by adding in tracking data level sure, stuff. Sure. And so like it's sort of like the the race. Right where the derivative for for understanding coverage is higher, yep. But the but the derivative for understanding pass rush is it's, also positive. It's positive. So yeah. like you're you're still so it's not like it's gaining ground. But I don't know. In my opinion, I think the the the, the way in which coverage is played as a as the opposite of an attacking mm-hmm. s- style of play. I don't think that performance as we can measure it there is ever going to get as stable as something that's an attacking thing like like pass rush. Can we can we get the gap, gap to shrink? Yes. I I still think it's inherent to coverage though that it's just going to be more unstable. Because think about this like a pass rusher, they're the best athletes like they're the best athletes on. They're like LeBron James. Yeah, yeah. They're like LeBron. They're the best athletes. I mean, Miles Garrett is absolutely out of his mind. And and, and you notice like how they get older. We and we track this with the tracking data yeah. too. As they get older, their get off speeds aren't as good, but their technique is amazing, and then they can yep. they can win. Yep. I think cornerback, and we've the like, cornerback. I just think is so much more sensitive to the instabilities of football, which is you get nicked up, right? You have like I think. And again, like my playing experience is meaningless, but like it was a lot easier to play injured at tight end than it was to play injured at wide receiver. Like uh, the closer mm-hmm. to the line of scrimmage was just easier to play injured mm-hmm. because a lot of it, like I, I think it's and, extremely and, tough to play cornerback. And in the think about this. This is something that um, I think Darius Butler talked to us yeah. about. Wide receivers are getting shoveled in left and right. Yeah. You know, you're, yeah, yeah. you're facing you're, fresh legs every fucking time. But on the other side, 
tackles are staying in there the whole yeah. time, and you you're rotating defensive are rotating linemen. in. Whereas a corner, you're out there all the time. I have I've thought about this a ton, and I'm going to tease our episode on Wednesday by saying I have a couple of arguments that I'm leaving in the holster for where I'm going to go with my pick. Yeah. I want to give you the first pick. Okay. Okay. I want to give you the first pick. I either want the second or the third pick. Okay. Because I'm still not totally sure, but I have a few um, things about where I think the league is going, about where I think measurement for coverage needs to go, um, and uh, a few things on on the athlete side of things from both a pass rusher perspective and from a quarterback perspective. I, so you'll have to tune in on Wednesday yeah. to hear that. I, yeah, I think so. Like to summarize, I think that both of us still believe that coverage units are coverage units are more valuable than pass rush units. Yes. But at the individual player level, if you are only able to buy one player, I do think we'll find out. Well, yeah. On Wednesday. Actually, you had something really interesting that you yeah. mentioned. This is actually a question that Anthony Tresh, one of our brilliant uh analysts, he's uh, uh the Tyreek Hill fan in the group. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I missed a humongous opportunity that day just to tweet out, eh, I'm more of a Moss fan." <laughs> like if I would yeah. but but like uh, but Anthony's great. Anthony works extremely hard. He um, asks good questions. He's he's exactly what you want in an analyst. And he asked me a question the other day because um, he had done a little bit of study with um, coverage versus pass rush at the college level. Mm-hmm. And he had a very good idea to separate group of five and power five. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. I, why would it be different? Mm-hmm. Coverage units and pass rush units are about equally – correlated with expected points allowed and basically wins too, but like those are correlated too. Outcomes are equally correlated to pass rush grade and coverage grade in power five uh, during the PFF era, so 2014 to now. At the group of five level, so think like Cincinnati, you know, mm-hmm. the, the AAC, AAC, you know, the, the Mountain West, all like it, they're the coverage is more correlated than pass rushes. Why would that be the case? I have a, I've thought about this over the past 30 minutes, and I have a take. Okay. You just mentioned athletes. The great athletes at edge rusher, I believe, are the maybe one of the most easy to pinpoint at high, the high school level. And so I think... Also college pro. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I think that makes... If I'm saying which... You know, because obviously uh, Power 5, you think about the SEC, like they go out and get the best players. Mm-hmm. Which ones do they actually get the best players at? It's, in my opinion, on the defensive line and on the offensive line where it's actually more so defensive line where it's like, hey, can I identify this amazing athlete? Because they're all raw at that point. Mm-hmm. Technique is something that like, I mean, yeah. you know, who, who knows at that point? Whereas from a coverage perspective, there's a lot more opportunity to teach those things you have players who are coming in and also playing receivers who are not as athletic. Yeah. And so to me, that would be the reason in if we see that difference in group of five. Yeah, that's yeah. probably – well, yeah, I would say – you have any others? I would say that the why it's similar that in the NFL, you're never going to beat another team purely because of talent. Mm-hmm. It's almost always tact. It's almost always um, that kind of thing. Um at, at the college football level, I think a group of five, almost all the talent is about the same. I mean, Cincinnati over here, they're more talented than the average AAC average team. Average bear, sure. But, like, 
it's sort of more like this sounds silly, but it's sort of more like the NFL in that you're everybody's dealing with the same deck of cards. Mm-hmm. And so like whereas at the college level, I do think that there are just player at the at the power five level, I do think there are just players who are way more talented than other teams. Like I think the t- the tail is way fatter there, let's say. Um that isn't to say that there aren't great group of five edge play. Like Marcus mm-hmm. Davenport was from UTSA. Uh, Ed Oliver was from Houston. Like they had, there's been a number of like group of five players, but it's like Alabama's throwing out every, you know, Jonathan right. Allen, you know, Davin, Delvin Tomlinson, like, you know, they're, they're, you know, Tim Williams ended up not being an NFL player, but he was a, like a four, four guy coming off the edge for them on like, just like 30 snaps a game. Like there were, and so, yeah, yeah, I do think it's just like sort of a talent disparity thing, which is not true at Group of Five. I think Group of Five, most of the team, I mean, Akron sucks, but like, you know, most of the teams are like fairly equally yoked and it's about coaching and about, you know, and then, and that, that again should, could bring up the whole idea of like how much of coverage is results based too. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, well, here's what I was going to say is that at the NFL level, I don't necessarily know that the reasons that they are that way in both group of five and the NFL have to be the same, right? So like in the NFL, for me, one of the reasons um, that it's such a weak link system, right, in in coverage is that NFL quarterbacks are so fucking smart that if you roll out Humpty Dumpty over there and try and hide him in coverage, you are roasted. Like you have no shot. Like Tom Brady will find that guy and he'll bring in a guy at fullback who will then beat you on a route and he'll he'll get you. You know, like that's the type of thing that you'll see at the NFL level. And at the group of five level, you're not seeing that. But there still could be other reasons why, you know, you see that same result. I think it's really fascinating. And it's something that we can take advantage of, hopefully, this year as we power towards uh, betting college player props, which will be exciting. We'll talk more about that later. Let's... um. Let's do this real quick. Let's go. There's like there's one prop that I had that I meant to mention last week that I really like. And as the college, the resident college to pro guru here, I kind of want your take on it. You ready for this? Okay. On DraftKings, our good friends, there are props. Now, the limits are small, but we're here for the thought and the uh, education where you can bet on who the number one draft pick is in the draft next year. Sam Howell is the favorite at plus 225. Spencer Rattler is 3-1. to one. Kayvon yeah. Thibodeau is plus 450. Malik Willis is plus 750. Matt Corral plus 1,000. JT Daniels and Brock Purdy also 10-1. to one. Keaton Slovis 12-1, to one, as is Derek Stingley Jr. I'm not even going to read the rest at this point. Emory Jones 16-1. to one. Um, What sticks out to you there? Well... Because there are two things. Howell, Howell, I don't think should be favored of a Rattler. I think this Agreed. year, this year, that was number one for me. I like UNC. I've made some bets on them, but they don't have the receivers they had last season. They don't have the running backs they, they had last season. Running backs matter more in college than they do in the NFL. And um, he kind of like, but at the same time, this guy was the first. He kind of strikes me as like a Baker Mayfield type. But Baker Mayfield was oh, the first overall pick. Interesting. You should say that because right now for forty percent off, you can go get the PFF twenty twenty two NFL yeah. Draft Guide, and in there, Mike Renner is great. Mike Renner is fantastic, and every year he's he okay. Tries to get better. <laughs> well, you know, like I know he's not going to listen to this because he's on PTO, and also he's Mike Renner. But I'm going to tell you this. I challenged him this year. I said, Mike, you know, it was good. The draft guide was good last year. Yeah, it's okay. It ain't great yet. I want great comps. I want you to put a lot of thought into the comps for these guys because it's so easy to relate. 
It really is. If you have a good comp, there's a reason people like them. So Sam Howell's comp in here is Baker Mayfield. I think the combination of the fact that he will remind people of Baker Mayfield and the fact that Mitch Trubisky once played at UNC, there is just no shot that Sam Howell is going to be the – not no shot, but like he, there's no way he should be the favorite. Seeing Baker Mayfield execute Kevin Spansky's offense, I think is going to make very clear that you need that person there. Seeing Spencer Rattler do his thing in terms of the ability to make plays outside of structure is going to let it's going. I mean, that's his number one win where yeah. he wins. That's going to tell teams, oh, our team sucks. Who's going to come in and elevate it? It's going to be Spencer Rattler. So I like Rattler at three to one. Um, by the way, you should go check out Rattler's comp in here. For me, it inspires a lot of excitement. I'm not sure it will for some other people, but I encourage you to go check it out um, in the draft guide. I think there's one other one, though, that has some value here. And I, I'm looking at this player's college pro projections right now. Um, at 20 to 1, Yes, I'm taking a Chanticleer. Oh, my goodness. And I'm taking Grayson McCall. My Lord. Really? Yeah. Talk to me. I mean, Grayson McCall was... You're like the number one Chanticleers fan, by the, the way. The, I am. It's a great, uh, great mascot. Um, the He was great last season. Um, mm-hmm. Their favorites to win their conference. They didn't lose a game last year till their bowl game. Um, like, he is going... like Again, 20 to 1. Like, look, Sam Howell at 225 to 1, you might as well burn your money, right? Right? Like... Mm-hmm. Uh, ha- here, here's a question I'll ask. What is going to be the odd? Like, let's say it's December first. Is is the odds to be the number one draft pick going to be two, plus two hundred or shorter for the guy who's the favorite? Um. Oh, maybe for Howell. Well, like, no, no. Like, let's say Rattler balls out because oh, I, oh, like, oh, Rat- oh, I like Rattler. I like favorite. I, I see what you're saying. Um. I could see Rattler being minus money at some point. Okay, but but two twenty five is pretty damn close. Yeah, it is. like you're you're if it's up in the air. Like remember what uh, remember what uh, Murray's number was, mm-hmm. right? Like you mm-hmm. get that at a plus price. Like you're getting dog shit prices for basically anybody that's that's not twenty to one or more, mm-hmm. right? Because like what was Burrow? You know, like yeah, all yeah. the all you know Tua. Tua was a lock until freaking December of 2018, you know, so on and so forth. So you have to look, I think, further on. And we, as a society, are not above taking a quarterback from not only a non-Power 5 school, but a incredible as your favorite team has shown, a FCS school with a high draft pick. And I think Grayson McCall is that guy. Is that guy. Again, I don't think I think it's going to be Rattler, but you can't pay me to take three to one. Right, mm-hmm. Malik Willis plays for Liberty. They're barely a, like they've been barely a Division One football team for ten years. Yeah, yeah. Kayvon Thibodeau is a is a, not a quarterback. Matt Golden Corral, are you telling? He's going to get pounded by Alabama when they play. Yeah, that one is. J T. Daniels, like you think they're gonna? I mean, they. When's the last time somebody from the West won the Heisman? J T. Daniels has some some flaws. No, no. J T. Daniels is on Georgia now, right? Like. Right. Yeah, I mean, but anybody that's going to try to go up against Alabama that's not in an LSU-type team. Going to be rough. Going to be rough. I think the other long shot that I would bet would be Emory Jones. I, um, I don't hate that either. We I, saw that Kyle Trask did really well in that offense, and he's yeah, not that he's good gonna, of a player. But. He doesn't have a ton of, obviously, a lot of weapons left. But you think about the type of player that's 
you yeah. know, winning in the NFL today. But, like, but that's why, to me, I think it's absurd that Rattler is three to one and Howell is plus. Yeah, I think that's a fair call out. I'm gonna bet. Go Shants. I'm gonna bet Rattler. Go Shants. All right, recommendations. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you want to go first? Uh, no, you go first. I have two. Um, my first recommendation is that everyone should go follow Eric on Facebook. <laughs> you showed me a picture today. Um, there were there were multiple things. There were socks, Crocs, 80 pounds less weight. Mm -hmm. And what I found the most interesting about this picture was a necklace. Like a, like a, I used to rock like puka shell type of, you know. I, I'm, I'm actually, it's not actually 80 pounds species. by the way. It's more like 40, but yeah. yeah. You look very thin in the picture. I was, no, I'm not saying that you don't look well, felt now. I'm saying you look really skinny. In the I picture. was like my post football, my, my going straight into being a poor grad student out of like losing football weight was like very good for the the waist. Yeah, the yeah. waistline. Um, but the puka shell necklace, which you can barely spot at that resolution. Yeah, but you were looking. Like, you were looking. Well, it, it's it you were really looking. it really sticks out from the shirt. Anyways, people should go follow you. You on were Facebook looking so for like you have like a very good like douche like douche meter douche meter yeah okay. like you What's like lock most... in on the douchiest thing that somebody's doing. So by the the puka shell necklace is up there in terms of douchiest things in people's past. Is that is that it for you? Because I, I think that's hard to beat. I've worn a visor before. I feel like that has some okay. douchiness to it. I have, <laughs> I'm gonna take you one better, all right? I'm gonna give you one better. In high school, I owned and wore with amazing frequency a visor that wasn't just a visor, it was a visor that had a headband yeah yeah like the steve deberg yeah, like. it was i cannot be more embarrassed for myself now luckily i transitioned out of that before even leaving high school thank the lord um but uh yeah, if, yeah look, i'm only making fun of you because i've done worse i know i and uh i think <laughs> the puka shells are incredible anyways here's my real my second <laughs> recommendation that was a real one my second recommendation which I actually don't think is particularly new, but if you needed another person to push you over the edge, um, the Formula One documentary on Netflix is awesome. I actually watched intentionally a Formula One race today. I tried to bet it. I couldn't find anything like anywhere, yeah. um, which is unfortunate. And that's a conversation for another time. Formula One is absolutely fascinating. The races are compelling and the doc, the documentary makes it so much more interesting to watch the races. Um, I would definitely go check that out. Very good. You you generally don't have time for, or you don't make time to like watch yes. things. I, I'm one of those people that needs like 20 people to be like, that I respect to be like, hey, go watch this. And I had, I had like three or four people immediate, like in the last week yeah. tell me that they loved it. And it's, um, it's a good one. All right, very cool. I, this book was, very cool in that this person has a very similar path to to sports that I did. Um, it's written by a gentleman named David Sumter, who is a, a math professor. Fort, Fort uh, Sumter. Fort, yeah, middle name Fort. Um, he he wrote a book called Soccer Matics: Mathematical Adventures in the Beautiful Game. Um, that was very very good, especially for somebody who is mo mostly a novice like me. He quoted 
a passage from Leah Edelstein Cachette's mathematical biology book that I used to teach out of back oh, wow. in the day. Like the, uh, it, it was, it was a very, very fun read, a very easy read as well. Um, I like that. And, you know, as we start to sort of think more about soccer and stuff, like obviously got to talk a better game than I currently do. So it was a good book in that regard as well. Yeah. You need to get more acclimated with the footy nomenclature. Um, I, I do a good job of saying American football when I'm talking to a soccer person instead of just saying, oh, this is what we do in football. That's that's your level that you've yeah, gotten yeah, to? Look, Incredible. Like, I mean, I, I once wore a puka shell necklace, George. Yeah, you've got a long, long ways to go. We've got a the long ways to go. Long. Look, I'm, I'm uh, a soccer novice as well, but I'm uh, on the – you know, actually, this reminded me of something. You remember I recommended Blinkist a little while ago? I, yep, I have it now. One of my biggest pain points with them is I want books like the one you just mentioned – a yeah. lot of the books on there right now, and I don't have a solution for this, but it's like I can kind of guess like what I'm going to end up listening to based on what they have. And I don't know. I would really appreciate someone that works there to figure out like I would listen to an automated voice give me spark notes on a book like that. That's my like I would yeah. lower my level of like I need someone with a beautiful voice like yeah, reading yeah, things yeah. beautifully. Um Anyways, that's yeah. Blinkist was a very good uh, recommendation, but you do have to tolerate the fact that like the the majority of the books on there are going to be either like self helps the wrong word, but like how to manage people, so how to. A lot of that. Yeah. It, it's sort of like the businessy books more so than the sciencey books, and you you just have to you just yeah. have to There's, tolerate that. I've if you want to read a science book, you have to read the whole thing. I've listened to some good history mm -hmm. uh, things on there. Um, what else have I listened to? <laughs> I listened to one that was like uh, about um, uh, diet, like how to eat healthy. And it was hilarious because it was like the most basic shit. It was like, yeah. don't eat shit. And I was like, okay, I already don't do that. But like I was yeah, hoping yeah. you could take me to the next level. Anyways, that's been our podcast. Wednesday is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to recruit um, some great people to do this draft with us. Thank you for hanging out. We love you all. Peace. Peace.